welcome to Creative Paths, the podcast that features unfiltered conversations about creative journeys. I'm your host, Sam Cole. I speak to creators from across the globe about their unique experiences and proudest moments, as well as the lessons they've learned along the way. Creative Paths is brought to you by Contact. It's the platform where creatives, models, photographers, and more find work and get paid, and where clients book the world's most diverse creative talent. Visit contact.xyz for more information. Hello and welcome to Creative Paths Season 2, Episode 5. Today I'm joined by Ashley Baxter, a creative whose journey started out when she picked up her first camera. Shooting for the love of capture, Ashley's passion saw her find her footing as a freelance photographer. She worked with a range of clients, many of whom wanted her to be their wedding photographer. Through photography, she found her true passion, educating and helping freelancers with their insurance needs and rights, which led to the founding of With Jack a company that provides insurance for creative freelancers. Motivated by the belief that her product will help creatives succeed, she joins me to delve deeper into her career and share some sound advice for fellow creatives. So let's let's kind of jump in, I guess at the start, just give us an overview of, of kind of what you do and, and the process of getting there. So like walk us through your career as a, as a freelancer and what the kind of joys and challenges are of working independently. Yep, so I've kind of had two careers running alongside each other at the same time. So one of them was that I did freelance photography for eight years, I think. And I got into that very organically, just became obsessed with my camera, would take it absolutely everywhere with me. I'm not kidding. Like Even if I just was walking to the dentist, I'd take my camera. Because <laughs> you never know. You never know what what you're going to see. Um, Very true. And I just like gradually started picking up work because I was sharing everything that I was taking. And then alongside that, I started to build an insurance company for creative freelancers because of some of the fears that I'd had being a freelancer, some of the worries that I'd had shooting weddings, working with clients, all that kind of thing. So the freelance photography actually helped fund the insurance side of things. But I actually work full time on building my insurance company, which is with Jack and uh, started to wind down the freelance photography stuff back in about, I think it was 2019. And I mostly did wedding photography. That was the kind of most consistent form of of income. But yeah, it it all stemmed from just having a, a really a big passion for photography, taking photos, sharing them all happened very organically. But um, now I focus full time on building with Jack. Nice. So it's, I mean, it's cool to have those kind of two things running alongside one another. But I guess the question I'd have is how do you figure out at that point to make, how are you going to make a living out of it? Obviously, you said you did a lot of wedding photography, but like, is there a thought process that goes into that where you're like, okay, this is what's going to make me money to be able to put that into my other passion and to maneuver that or is it just completely natural it does feel like it happened very naturally so i was quite lucky it wasn't just weddings i did some commercial work too i feel like i really landed on my feet with it i was very lucky so i did things like i remember i went to see have you ever heard of a band called twin atlantic 
There are Scottish um, bands. I don't know I if they're like no. elsewhere, <laughs> but they're big in Glasgow. And I went to see them one night playing at the Barras, which again is a big venue in Glasgow. And this was back in the stage where I was carrying my camera with me everywhere. So I would even take it to gigs, which kind of seems insane now because now when I'm walking around with my DSLR, I'm just like, oh, this is so heavy. But anyway, took it to this gig, phoned the venue before I got there and said, look, I'm really into photography. Can I bring my camera? And they were like, no problem. And I said, are you sure? Because some venues are funny about cameras coming into the premises and they're like, we're not one of those venues. Bring your camera. So queued up to get into this gig. And as I got to the front of the queue, the bouncer was like, you're not coming in here with that camera. And he basically gave me an ultimatum, like leave it behind the desk or go home. And, you know, this piece of kit had costed me thousands of pounds. It was a lot of money and there was no way that I was going to leave it behind uh, the reception in Glasgow, of all places. So I ended up going, you know, just saying to my friend, that's it. I'm just not in the mood. It's put me in a really bad mood. You know, I'd phoned, I'd asked and they turned me away. And uh, she convinced me to sneak into the venue with my camera. And I'm not really, I'm somebody who as you might guess from working in insurance, I like to follow the rules. So I was saying to my pal, no, there's no way I'm going to sneak into this venue with my camera, but she talked me into it. And we got in there, we had a great time. It was a really fun gig. And towards the end, I decided to start snapping away and took some photos and uh, shared them online like I did with all my stuff back then and ended up getting contacted by a design agency in Glasgow who was doing a campaign for... Glasgow City Marketing Bureau. So this campaign that would represent the whole city. And they said to me, we think these photos really showcase Glasgow's music scene and we'd love to buy them off you. And that was it. That was me getting my foot in the door that way. So everything feels to me like it's happened really organically. Everything had stemmed from me wanting to carry my camera, taking photos, sharing them on my blog, on Flickr, there wasn't so much that mindset of here's how I'm going to really monetize this. I was quite happy to just kind of ride the wave as it happened. But that's how I got into doing photography for money, got that opportunity through them. And then they kept coming back to me for more work and doing campaigns with Glasgow City Marketing Bureau. Then I started picking up the wedding photography alongside that as well. Just all very naturally. So no, not really something that I sat down and, and thought about in a big way. It just kind of happened. And I realized how lucky it sounds to say that because it doesn't happen that way for everybody. I love that story. That is, that is such a great story. <laughs> it's brilliant. I mean, even even in that, I wouldn't I wouldn't even necessarily say that it's it's luck. It's like you had a decision of whether you're going to just like leave it there or you were going to push and get into that into that venue and do it. So it's like you kind of you make your own luck in that way, I think. Yeah, that's the thing. I wasn't even sure if by doing it professionally and getting a bit of money for it that it would take away from the fun of doing it just for myself. And it didn't for for several years. I really enjoyed working with clients, really enjoyed shooting weddings. But then it got to a point where um, I made that decision to go full time on my insurance business, but I wouldn't have been able to go full time on my insurance business if I hadn't have been doing the photography because that really helped fund the initial startup costs of making that happen. Yeah, of course. I think that's something that um, in a lot of the discussion I've had prior to this, so where people don't really, they, they they can be kind of fearful and anxious of that thought of having to choose between something being a passion and it being a job. I think that can be like quite a big, big thing for people. So, you know, what's what's it like to kind of have, have that in your head and 
think, okay, am I still passionate about this? Or is this suddenly going to like weigh me down? And I think, I think the answer to that question is different for everybody as well. Like for me, I found that I could juggle both things. Maybe because I wasn't full time in photography, maybe that's where the sweet spot was. Maybe if I had been full time, I would have completely fallen out of love with doing it for fun as well. But for me, I found that I could make it work, you know, earning some money on the side through it that helped me build up my business, still going out and doing it for for fun. But I think the answer to that question is different for everybody. Sam, what's your background? Are you are you a creative? <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm actually a writer. I'm an editor. So I've never I've never like fully worked freelance per se. I've done work here and there freelance. But yeah, I'm a I'm a writer. But you'll know yourself as well that irrespective of how much you love what whatever it is you do, if you're a writer, you're, you're a photographer, there's still always elements of the job that aren't so fun. It's, you know, there's still elements of it that you are never going to enjoy, which is partly why I decided to stop doing photography. To be honest, I just found it. The part that I struggled with the most was working with wedding photography clients, because I think you have to have a certain personality to do wedding photography. I think you have to be quite a relaxed free-flowing individual, just go with the flow, whereas I'm really uptight and anxious and that doesn't translate well on a wedding day. So yeah, but to answer that question, I, I think it's a different answer for everybody, don't you? Yeah, no, absolutely agree. I mean, I think even in that, everybody kind of has their own difficulties when maneuvering through their career and 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 just even just working on a client-to-client basis. So I think it'd be interesting to know, like from your perspective and also like the work that that you've done and through working insurance and everything, what is the the most difficult part about being a freelancer? But from in your experience as well? Ooh, the most difficult part. So for me personally, it was probably time management. And I've noticed that that's a big problem with the customers that I service in insurance as well, because we get a lot of claims that are related to projects being delivered late and things like that. So that that was an issue for me as well time management but then I can see from working on the insurance side of things that other creatives seem to have that issue as well I don't know what the solution is to time management I think that it's just really bloody difficult to juggle life to juggle work to do all of the admin side of things as well I think most of us get into freelancing as a creative outlet to do the thing that we're good at doing, to do the thing that we're passionate about doing, which for me was photography. And then you find that you've actually got to do all of this taxis, admin stuff, client communication, project management. That's certainly the area that I struggled with the most. And it's certainly the area that I see my customers struggle with too. Don't you think that's the case as well? Like it's, it kind of feels kind of easy to sit down and do the bit that you're good at. So the writing, the taking photos, but it's all of the time management, the admin, the client communication, project management, all of that stuff tends to trip us up as creators. I think we're really good at the creative side and sometimes not so good at the rest of it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it's, that's, that's some of the stuff you just naturally don't really think about because I think in the same way that what we were talking about, when when does your passion turn into a job? It's like that's that's one of the things you kind of have to draw a line in the middle and say like, right, I need to separate these two things a little bit, but they're always gonna they're always gonna cross over. And I think for a lot of people, once they do start to cross over, that's like that dangerous territory of like, okay, I'm not enjoying this anymore. This is now a job. I'm gonna just like back away from it. And knowing how to maneuver around those things is not 
necessarily very easy. Yeah. When you are starting out as a freelancer, I think it pays dividends to actually sit down and think about how are you going to communicate with clients? How are you going to onboard clients? Are you going to have them fill out a type form? Are you going to send them a PDF to read? How are you going to do things? Getting everything in order, all of your contracts and whatnot. I think that as boring and as rubbish as all of that stuff is, it pays dividends to do it. It'll, it'll pay off in the long term. And also, I think it's okay to maybe not in the early days where obviously money is tighter, but it certainly pays to delegate the stuff that you don't like doing as well. The tax side of thing, get that out to an accountant. Or even like if you are at the stage where I have lots of customers who are a lot of photography customers who are really busy, especially at the moment because all of their weddings got cancelled 2020, 2021, and they're all crammed into 2022 now. And what they do is just delegate their inbox to somebody to manage for them. So I think that it's not being scared to sit down and do the stuff that we might feel is a bit boring, but it pays dividends to to sit down and plan how all of that is going to look. And then also not being afraid to delegate the stuff that you aren't good at or don't necessarily have the time to do. Yeah, totally agree with you. I guess like naturally you kind of figure out what those those are as well and just you walk into it blind and just kind of figure it out on the go. Isn't that what we're all doing? Aren't we all just figuring stuff out as we do it? We're all just making mistakes, stumbling along and figuring out as we're doing it. That's certainly how I am anyway. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It almost speaks to this, but what, at what point did you realize that um, there's you know a lot of freelancers out there that are lacking that help and protection to kind of figure all these things out and to do with insurance and you know was there a moment was it a moment in your own career or was it just something that you saw from your peers and so on? So I think I've had two moments of truth. One was when I had my own bad experience as a photographer where I had an issue with a client, shall we say, and I learned a few important lessons from that. Long story short, my client wasn't happy with the photos that I'd taken. It was really frustrating because the photos were good. Trust me, they were really good. And I felt like I had really fulfilled their brief when they'd come to me and said, we want you to do X, Y, and Z. I felt like I'd went off and fulfilled it. So it was really frustrating when I got into this back and forth with the client. We've all been there as freelancers when you you get that email in your inbox where your client's saying, no, I'm just not happy with this. And you you feel yourself sinking and you feel a bit sick and, and anxious. And your gut reaction is to do everything you can to make the client happy. But I learned then that I'd done a few things wrong. And I, I've learned since then it's really important to have, for example, an audit trail to just make sure that you've got it in writing of what it is your client wants. Make sure that, you know, you've had those conversations and established as much of the scope in advance of the project beginning so that if they do come back to you and try to, in this case, the client saying to me, we're not happy. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. Well, that wasn't something you'd asked me to do at the time. And at least if I'd had that sort of brief in writing, then it would have been really easy for me to refer back to it and say, you know, as you can see here, this wasn't something that we discussed. So I had that moment of truth myself when I was a freelancer. Fortunately, that situation didn't really escalate. I managed to to smooth things over with the client. But I see it a lot in my job now working in insurance and, and helping my customers in these types of situations where you know, sometimes it is a case of just getting a bad client, but a lot of the time there are things that we can be doing as freelancers to eliminate these problems. So simple things like make sure you 
are, like I said, discussing as much of the scope of work in advance of the project beginning. Make sure you have a contract in place so that if things do go a little bit wrong, you can both refer to the contract to see how to handle situations or the blueprint of what to do or whose responsibility that was. And then obviously, without sounding like a saleswoman, getting your insurance as well, just in case things do go wrong. So I've certainly had that moment of truth as a freelancer where I found myself dealing with a client who was really unhappy with their work and realizing I hadn't done things properly. I had done the the photo side of things was great. As we've talked about, that side of things is easy, but I certainly had shot myself in the foot by not discussing the brief and getting it down in writing and all that kind of thing. And then now building with Jack and regularly helping freelancers face issues with their clients, we're seeing the same things there as well, that um, if they just do these little things right, if they make sure they have their contract, make sure they have their scope of work and all the rest of it, that in most cases, projects should run smoothly with those things in place. It's funny because I can, I think in retrospect, those seem like quite simple things, but obviously it's something that I always come across where like, I'll delete loads and loads of emails. Just like, I'm going to clear out, clear out my inbox. Just like start fresh or whatever. And then something comes up months down the line where someone's asking something or you need proof of something. And you're just like, Oh, I can't, I can't produce that. It doesn't exist. It's gone. It's like. Well, why'd you do that then? <laughs> yes, I know. This is the thing. Like there, there's a bit of an obsession with inbox zero. And I get why that is. But from an insurance perspective, it's really terrible to get rid of an audit trail, as I call it, but just client communication. Because as you say, if things do go wrong or, or the client, I don't know, they point their finger at you about something, it's just so useful for you as a freelancer to go back to that communication and say, aha, see, you signed off on this or you agreed to this or you asked for this or you didn't ask for this. So people, don't delete your emails. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm taking that on board for sure. <laughs> so let's let's talk a bit more about with Jack and kind of how, you know, what you do, what it is you do and, and how what you do with Jack um, helps people kind of mitigate these things and, you know, when problems do arise, how that helps them out. And so on. Yeah. So with Jack helps to keep freelancers in business. And we do that by supporting them financially and legally if they have problems with a client. So it is insurance, but we're trying to really talk about insurance in a way that actually resonates with creatives. We have a ton of photography customers and whatnot. And, you know, the kind of problems that we see them face that we would step in and assist with is things like our most used feature that photographers take advantage of is the data recovery cost. So if your CF card, your hard drive suffers damage and then you lose your client's photos, it costs an absolute fortune to have a data recovery company try to recover them. So insurance covers the cost of that. People don't realize this. This is why I like to talk about it. Get the word out there. Also, there's a really useful feature called mitigation costs, which the name doesn't really make sense, but this is one of my most favorite features of insurance because if somebody doesn't pay your invoice because they're unhappy with the work that you've done, if that refusal to pay your invoice is threatened with some kind of, is, is um, accompanied with some kind of threat or dissatisfaction with your work, the insurer will pay you the invoice so you're not out of pocket. And it would also work with photographers where, let's just say, they, you know, they're doing a big shoot and the client isn't happy with the, the photos or whatever and they demand that you reshoot it. And again, provided that's kind of accompanied with some sort of 
threat, legal threat or request for damages, then the insurer would cover the cost of redoing the shoot as well. So there's a lot of really useful features in there. It's a, it's an incredibly complex product, but I like to think of it in simple terms of insurance that helps you if you make a mistake in your work or you end up just working with a really horrible client who's just going to make your life hell. So that's what we do. So I guess naturally from there is, you know, how did you start building it? Obviously, you mentioned where the money was coming from, you know, through your freelance work. But then what was the actual process like starting to put that together? Oh, my goodness. Well, let me tell you, like insurance is a regulated industry. So building a business in a regulated industry is one of the hardest things ever. It's an absolute nightmare. I don't recommend it. Not that I think any of your listeners are sitting there going, I think I'll build a bank or an insurance <laughs> company. So yeah, I went out, did a bunch of weddings and whatnot to save up enough money to build an insurance business, which basically you have to go through the big scary regulator, the Financial Conduct Authority. You have to get your licenses. You have to have a big chunk of money just sitting in a bank account at all times that you can never touch. You have to go through a an application process that takes nine to 12 months. So it's an insane process. And I wouldn't have been able to do it if it wasn't for photography, because not only did photography give me that financial cushion to pay the application fee and all the rest of it, but it obviously helped cover my overheads whilst I was building the business up too. Because obviously, like I've said, it's a really complex process to launch a business in a regulated industry. But then when you launch it, that's actually technically the easy part because now you have to get customers. Now you actually have to build something profitable. So that's why I kept going with the photography stuff whilst I was building that up too. I still did it for several years just to make sure that, you know, I was still bringing in a bit of money whilst building up with Jack. But yeah, incredibly complex process. And I'm, I consider myself a creative person, but working in a regulated industry really does hammer the creativity out of you because everything you do has to be regulated and it's really frustrating. So that's also why I still take photos just for fun because I still need that fun creative outlet where there are no rules because day to day I'm just surrounded by rules. (laughs) Well, I guess this is like something that like you just, you just mentioned that that's something that you're actively doing, but in, in kind of those early stages of, of building it out, how did you how did you balance the two you know before before you gave up photography and you know doing it kind of freelance how how did you keep that balance what was that like it was really hard not in the beginning because in the beginning you're just picking up a few customers here and there but 2 to 3 years in it was just getting unsustainable and i remember hiding in the bathroom of a friend's midweek wedding, answering emails on my laptop for my insurance business. Like that's how bad things had got where I was, the the two paths were just overlapping a bit too much. So it was really, I don't have a good answer to that. It was, it was not easy. I also had to sacrifice a lot of, you know, fun social stuff because I was working Monday to Friday on building with Jack and then going out at the weekend and doing my photography work. So I was missing out on a lot of friends' birthdays football. I love football. I love going to the football. Uh, so I had to kind of sacrifice all of that stuff. And I don't say that in a boasting way, like, yeah, I just worked all the time. It was just sort of a necessary evil to build the business up while still ensuring that I had some photography income coming in. But yeah, after about two to three years of that and feeling like it just wasn't sustainable and it was burning me out, 
that's when I decided to stop doing photography because I felt like my clients, they weren't getting the best of me because I was feeling a bit burnt out with it all. And it's such a big deal to shoot somebody's wedding. And these people have thousands of freelance photographers that they can choose to do that. And they were choosing me. And I just felt like it wasn't fair to continue taking their money when I was feeling so burnt out with it. So yeah, to answer your question, I feel like I didn't really handle it very well, (laughs) juggling both of them. So with, I mean, with that, you you know, you mentioned burnouts, which are obviously a a very, very real thing, especially for creatives, I think, especially over the past couple of years, you know, people, I think a lot of people that hadn't necessarily experienced the burnout before were experiencing them. So in, in those moments and, you know, leading up to when you did decide, right, I need to just focus on with Jack full time. How, how are you staying motivated and just kind of overcoming challenges like that to just keep yourself going at it? So for me personally, there was, there was no issue with staying motivated with the insurance side of things. Like I am telling you, insurance, there's like a wee fire in my belly with insurance. I just love it. I think it's when it works, it's the best thing in the world. So I was really motivated about building that, but I was losing motivation with the, the photography side of things. And I think it kind of goes back to what we were speaking about earlier as well, where the more you do something for a job, the less you tend to do it for yourself. So I just made sure that I was reminding myself, staying, staying in touch with the, the roots of my photography. Why did I get into this in the first place? It was because I just liked carrying my camera around and taking pictures of completely insignificant things. Coffee cups went out for a coffee, cats sitting in the street, just anything. And so it was really important for me on the, the odd downtime I got to continue just going out and taking photos for Ashley. And it's hard to do that when you're doing it for a living and not just when you're doing it for a living, but then you also have another job on the go as well and your pockets of free time are increasingly smaller. But I find that what I found really helpful for me was committing to projects. So you've got tons of photo projects out there or you can make your own. You've got Project 50, which is where you take a photo one day for 50 days with a 50 mil lens. And then oh, I another did a, one. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be really, really big. I don't think as many people do it anymore, but I found that really, it really got the creative juices going. Then the most recent one I did was I just went onto a random word generator and whatever word that gave me, I would then go off and create my own photo based on my interpretation of it. So I think that that doesn't work for everybody because some people who are experiencing burnout, the answer is to, I just need to get away from everything as much as possible. I need to put down my camera. I need to get away from the laptop screen, whatever it is. But for me, I found that leaning into it and picking up my camera for me, just doing little fun projects was what helped me manage it and keep that love alive. I'm trying to get better at picking up my camera. It's hard when I'm building the business and you know what it's like, but I'm I'm trying to, to get better at picking up my camera for myself as well. In fact, I brought it with me tonight so that when I walk home, I'm going to take a photo. There we go. I've made it public. I'm committing to it. I'm going to take a nice photo when on my walk home and I'm going to post it to Instagram. <laughs> you have to now. We'll be so let down if you don't. I'm going to. <laughs> so it's like kind of, um, it's like deviation from that because I think that was really great advice. And I think a lot of, something a lot of people will, you know, take on board and be super useful to them. But looking more at like the creative industry now from perspective of like the tools that are available things such as, you know, insurance, such as with Jack, 
all, all these new platforms and technologies that are available to people that weren't, you know, maybe even five or 10 years ago, what do you think the next five years of the creative industry looks like with the introduction of, you know, whatever is going to be next, whatever is being built or platforms like with Jack and what their potential is? Oh gosh, I have no idea. I do think that there's more people like, it's not just with Jack, it's contact as well. Like I think we've both done something kind of similar. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but what you're building as well is you've sort of taken this existing thing that like, okay, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't a website that does something similar to you, for example, Model Mayhem? I'm not familiar with them. Right, maybe I've got the we name wrong. <laughs> maybe I've got the name wrong. But my point is there was like back back in the day there was like this one really awful website to use to book talent to to shoot. And then what contact has done is come along and made the process so much smoother, made it more user friendly, and all of that stuff's gonna lead to more models and photographers and all of these people being connected and that's that's what you want it's the same with jack we're not doing anything revolutionary all we've done is you know take something that exists and make it slicker and easier and smoother for freelancers to get insured so i think we'll just continue to see people building on that coming into spaces that have kind of been unloved and using clever design and modern technology to improve it and just make the lives of freelancers easier but that was a really hard question (laughs) i'm gonna throw it right back at you do you have any ideas well i think all of these these new platforms and technologies i think kind of just it's giving power back to people to maneuver around in the way that is is best for them without having to necessarily rely on anyone too much to you know kind of hold their hand it's like you have so many empowering platforms out there now that you can kind of just think right i'm gonna go at this in a completely different way and avoid a lot of the hurdles that people have had to kind of leap over before them because now you've got people that are just making it very clear and showing you how you can avoid these things how you can protect yourself how you can get the most kind of out of your time not have this constant back and forth and you know just a lot of it's just kind of just stripping down the noise of it all I think, you know, the more of these things that are available to people, the more that people are going to want to maybe just work for themselves or, you know, just create more. Because I think a lot of people see a lot of these issues that we've discussed and that will just make them avoid it altogether and think, right, I'm just going to stick with my like nine to five that I may not necessarily enjoy, but it's paying the rent, it's paying the dues. And then I don't have to worry about the stress that comes with me trying to get paid for creating think that's yeah <laughs> um, that was an amazing answer by the way that was a uh, 10 out of 10 <laughs> <laughs> thanks flip the script <laughs> i like to i mean you sit and talk to people and ask them questions sometimes it's nice to to turn it back to you to be honest of course no i appreciate that so back to yourself um so with the community at contact now obviously since just having models on the platform. We now have photographers and most recently makeup artists. So we've got a lot of photographers within our community now, which is constantly growing. And for any photographers within our community that, you know, would like to follow a path similar to yours, maybe they've got 
something else on the side of their photography career that they're looking to build out. Is there any advice that you could give them how to maybe begin that process of being able to juggle two or, you know, even just entertain the idea of doing something other than their photography? Well, I think if I was to go back and redo things, you know, we talked about how it was very organic for me and therefore I was just kind of figuring things out as I was going along and ended up making a lot of mistakes on the job, getting into not trouble with clients, but having that episode with my my client being unhappy. And although, you know, everybody's going to learn in the job and there are some things that you can never account for, I still think I wish I could go back and do things properly from day one, do all of the boring stuff. And I'm, I'm sorry, freelancers, I'm giving you the most boring answer ever, but get your ducks in a row sit down and figure out what tools is it you're going to use, you know, identify the areas where a lot of problems are happening in your industry. So, for example, we've talked about, you know, project scopes, making sure that the the briefs discussed in advance, doing things like making sure that you're getting clients sign off and work, making sure that you're retaining records of that communication between you and your client. It's such a boring answer, but trust me from somebody who works in insurance, it really is important to get this stuff sorted because it will eliminate the risk of problems happening. It won't ever completely remove them, but it will reduce the risk of them happening. And if problems do arise, you're in a better position to address them. So just get your ducks in a row instead of doing what I did, which was just sort of going through it all. Oh, we'll just figure this out as we go along. I wish I had been a bit more methodical about it, shall we say. Sure. Well, I think those, you said, you said there's a, a boring answer, but I think there's no such thing because those boring answers are a lot of the time the things that people actually need to hear that they, the information they're probably not getting right now, let's say. I would like to think so. Just, I know that it's, it's a lot to ask for people to trust an insurance person, but trust me because we're regularly helping freelancers who are in sticky situations and there's so many times, it's so frustrating, so many times you see them in that sticky situation and you're like, ah, if you had just done this one little thing differently, you wouldn't be in this this situation. So just get your ducks in a row, make sure that you're treating your business like a business as much as we all love freelancing and it's really fun and we get to create and do the thing we're good at. You have to approach it and treat it like a business. So that's my advice sorry for it being a bit boring <laughs> no i totally agree i think i think on that a nice a nice kind of touch point for us to finish on again i'm, I'm asking you for advice again sorry about it but people that are they've taken on board everything that you've just said and they're they're working through it but they hit a wall and they're feeling like giving up what would you say to them i think in those cases and i've been there myself i think it's really important and I think you'll agree with me. I think in those situations when you're thinking of giving up, it's actually important to take a step back, to not have any emotional knee-jerk reactions to anything. Take a day, take a week, however long it takes, just step back from whatever it is that you're doing that's causing that stress and disassociate with it and try to do something completely different. I find that helps. The other thing I think helps as well, I think it really helps to write down what's bothering you. And oftentimes, by writing it down, you know, a solution will come to mind or it just helps to, sometimes there, there are no solutions, sometimes it just helps to get it out there, right? And I do that a lot. I write down things that are really bothering me 
And then I'll find that list six months later and I'll be like, why was that? Why was I worried about that? So I think, yeah, taking a step back, if you can, it's not always possible to do that, right? But take a step back from it if you can and also write down those worries because I think that helps to just get it out there and also sometimes you'll reach a solution by doing that. What do you think? What would you do in that case? Oh, I always find that really tricky because I think obviously everybody is different in the way that they approach things. But I think you saying to write things down is great because we've, we've discussed on the podcast before, like the benefits of journaling. And I think people have an idea of what that is and how you're meant to do that. But it can just be as simple as getting things out of your head and just jotting down a bit of paper, right? This is bothering me. You don't even necessarily, like you said, you don't need to necessarily even have a solution of how you're going to combat that. But just the the act of it no, no longer being in your head, it's like, right, the weight's off. And then you can just go at it without those thoughts in your head. It's kind of like a fresh start, I think. So I'd, yeah. I'd probably agree on that point. Yeah, I think it is a fresh start. And also another thing that I do that helps, um, but again, I realize that I'm in quite a privileged position to be able to do this. I have a business coach and we meet up virtually once every two weeks and I just get to talk at him and you know he listens and sometimes he has really good advice and sometimes he just asks me questions that leads me to an answer now not everybody has to go out and have a business coach but even having another creative friend that you can commit to speaking once every two weeks and you know I take half an hour to just offload you and you take half an hour to offload me I think that really does help yeah little creative therapy session why not? Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think that's a great thing to do. And I don't really think anybody, obviously we've, we've all got kind of peers that we do just naturally go to and, and, and friends and whatever. But I think sometimes the idea of you going into it, wanting to unload can kind of be daunting in and of itself. And people are like, I don't want to maybe put those pressures onto someone. But if you just look at it as right, we both just need to rebalance, recenter. Let's just quick fire and go for it. I think is is a perfect thing to do and something people should do more for sure. Yeah, I think so too. But when I was reached a point where I was going to give up on things, like I was I was doing my photography and I wasn't in a good place with it, and I was trying to get my insurance business off the ground, and that was not happening. And I, um, what I did was, I took. I was really lucky that I just created a photography course and I'd sold it to a startup in San Francisco, so I had a little um, chunk of cash that I could sort of take a few weeks off work without worrying too much, and. Um, I spent that two weeks just doing fun Ashley things. I went to the gym and I played video games and then I really felt like that helped clear my mind. And then I went back to my wee notepad and I started to write down lists, lists of things that Ashley likes doing, lists of things that Ashley's good at, lists of things that will make Ashley money. And then I, I kind of looked at all three of those things and that's what brought me back to trying to make this whole insurance thing work because I felt like I had some unfinished business there. But yeah, not everybody can take time away from it. So again, that was me being really lucky and privileged. But yeah, certainly writing stuff down, talking to people, I think all of that helps. Yeah, totally, totally agree. I think in what you just said as well, though, it doesn't, when it comes to like taking, being able to take time off, it doesn't even necessarily have to be like a, a privileged thing where people need to be doing something that's going to cost them anything. I think even like you said, just playing video games, having time doing something that you just enjoy. Like this is time for my hobby now. We're doing that. 
<laughs> forget everything else. I need my like two hours today of just going at that. Yeah, 90 minutes at the football, an hour in the gym, all of these things help, I think. There we go. Exactly. Amazing. Ashish, thank you so, so much. That was a wonderful conversation. I really, really enjoyed it. I think you shared some incredible advice. And I do think everybody needs to check out with Jack because especially when we've spoken to photographers in the past, these are issues that people have, have brought up time and time again. And I think it would be great for people to just know that there is support and a way around that if these problems arise. I think it's so important for people to know that will make their lives easier, we hope. <laughs> yeah. And um, honestly, if anybody, you don't even need to buy insurance off me. If anybody just wants to get in touch and see if they're having a problem what the best thing to do to to solve it in that moment is just get in touch and i'd be happy to to help based on my experience amazing thank you i think everyone would appreciate that and we appreciate that as well that's really really great of you no problem thanks for listening to this episode of creative paths for more information about this episode check out the description or visit contact.xyz forward slash creative hyphen paths I'll be back soon for more unfiltered conversations about creative journeys. Creative Paths is brought to you by Contact, the platform where creatives, models, photographers, and more find work and get paid, and where clients book the world's most diverse creative talent. Visit contact.xyz for more information.